The Teach Middle East podcast is brought to you by Schoolfinder.ae. Schoolfinder.ae is a comprehensive schools directory serving the United Arab Emirates. Is your school a member? Go to Schoolfinder.ae to find out more. Now, enjoy this episode. You are listening to the Teach Middle East podcast, connecting, developing, and empowering educators. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Teach Middle East podcast. My name is Lisa Grace, and today I'm talking with Jasmine Kang, and she is the principal of Glendale School in Dubai. And we are going behind the principal's desk because we don't want to talk just straight pedagogy. We want to know who is Jasmine? What makes her tick? What does she like? What does she not like? How does she spend her time? What is she like outside of school? Does she enjoy this versus that? All of the little juicy bits that you want to ask your principal, but you can't. But guess who can? Me. I can ask them. So because I can ask them, sit back, relax, and let's get to know Jasmine a little bit more. Welcome, Jasmine. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. Great introduction. I'm looking forward to it. A little bit scared, but uh, I'm, I'm going with this. I'm going with your feeling confident with the questions you're going to ask me. <laughs> yeah. Why do principals go like that? You know, this is one of like maybe my third or fourth conversation behind the principal's desk. And they always say to me, oh, I'm scared. I think we're just very used to being organized and very predictable and having everything under our control. And when we don't have control, we feel a little bit vulnerable. Vulnerability mm. is good. Rumble yes, it with is. it, Jasmine. Rumble with it. Absolutely. I agree. It's, it's morning time. Jasmine is getting ready for work. What do you listen to? Um, that's a good one, actually, because I, I like my quiet time in the morning. I've got to be honest. It's, I'm the first one to get up in my house. I've got two boys, so they're fast asleep. My husband's fast asleep. And um, that is actually the best time of the day for you just to focus on the day ahead. So for me, it is about having that quiet time. I don't have any noise in the morning. Um, and it is it is just a kind of reflection for the day. I think that sets me up in the right way. So I don't listen to music. I'm a bit boring like that. I save that for the car journey. Uh, but in, in uh, getting ready in the morning, uh, making some tea, having some quiet time for myself for about half an hour before it's crazy go 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 with the boys so yeah that's my quiet time how old are your boys I have a 15 year old who's just in year 10 now and a 10 year old who's in year six. Oh wow I'm so we have kids on. kids of a similar age my boys are both 10 they're turning 11 in yes. November and they're now in year seven right yeah. um and they are a handful yeah how <laughs> yeah how do you juggle uh, it how do you how do you manage yeah. I've never I've I've never had a, a nanny as such and I think I, I never wanted that I think coming from the UK you're not used to that culture and uh I came when my boys were well my youngest was two months old um so he's been in Dubai for his whole time um I call him in the Dubai boy uh and the other kids have obviously been brought up in UK for a bit of time so my my other family members have all 
you know, stayed in the UK. So we were kind of the first part of the family that moved out here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a great move for the boys. They have, you know, loved being here. And as you say, when you move over here, it's only supposed to be for a couple of years. And now it's nearly 10. So it was the best move for my career, best move for a family. Um, you know, I, I couldn't have wished for anything better. And uh, I don't know whether we'll ever go back, as a lot of people say. So, yeah, that's where we are at the moment. I think now, because the older one being in year 10, it's now going to be difficult for us to move back until he's in university. Yeah, no, I completely get that. How long is your commute in the mornings? <laughs> uh, it's about 20 minutes, so not too far, not too long. Um, and I, I prefer that on a kind of local journey. So I drive to school. Um, and as I say, again, that just sets you up for the day ahead. Yeah. What are you bopping to in the morning or what are you listening to in the car? <laughs> I'm actually listening to Virgin Radio, quite sad. I'm, I'm listening to the pop quiz. <laughs> really? I actually listen to the pop quiz most days. Otherwise, I have my own uh, kind of Spotify account. So I have, I'm a bit of an eight. well, I'm an 80s girl. So uh, it is a bit of 80s music, kind of growing up with Madonna and George Michael. I loved George Michael as a child. And I still have uh, my Wham songs. That's actually telling me a lot now. Um, I used to love Wham when I was growing up. So that's still on my playlist. <laughs> wow. Where did you grow up? Uh, I was born and bred in Liverpool, actually. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a very strong accent. Yeah, what did you do? Liverpool. <laughs> what South did you do with that Liverpudlian accent? How did you get rid of that? Yeah. Um, I think I was quite strong when I was growing up. But then I moved to Birmingham. Maybe that helped when I got married. So I was in Birmingham for nine years as well. So that's, I think, it's got a little bit of a mixture of both. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was just, you know, Liverpool was a lovely place to grow up. We're in very multicultural, lots of multicultural friendships that I made that I'm still in contact with. And then uh, I've actually went to university in Liverpool as well, did my teaching degree there uh, and then moved to Birmingham, where um, I, so I, I spent five years of teaching in Liverpool. I thought I would never leave and then got married and came to Edgebaston in Birmingham, continued my teaching career there um, for another nine years before coming out here. So, yeah, really good journey of, of having, you know, experience of the UK and now the last 10 years being here. Yeah. When you journey. were when you were at uni in Liverpool, like what were you what were you doing for fun? What were you getting up to? I had a very small group of friends, actually. Um, I wasn't very exciting in that way. But, you know, being being part of, you know, different groups at unique university, um, you know, I was kind of very much uh, part of just just being kind of, you know, socializing with different people, meeting lots of people from different places. Uh, but my own kind of friendship group were quite local to Liverpool itself. So that actually, you know, made more friends in, in my local area. Um, and yeah, it was a really lovely time to be at university in my hometown. Um, and that was, you know, really fun kind of branching out and meeting other people from around the UK. So I had really fun days of my schooling was the best in Liverpool as well. And that's why I became a teacher. So, you know, I went back to my old primary school for work experience when I was in year 10. And that's when I decided that I wanted to be a teacher because I just had such an amazing time myself at primary school. So that was the reason why I went down that line. Yeah, but if you weren't a teacher, what would you have chosen instead? Oh, you know what? I actually never explored the arts and I actually loved dancing. And I was never allowed to do it as a child because it was mum was my mum, you know, 
as parents are, I want you to study and, you know, work your best. And we didn't really value that side of the curriculum, as should we say. Um, and I actually always wanted to explore that side of drama and dance. And that's why I'm so passionate about it now, because I don't I missed out on that. So I actually would have loved to have had more of, you know, a, a kind of, you know, fostering of the arts in, in my kind of own childhood. Uh, I think I missed out on that. Yeah. So then if you had the chance now to start sort of like a business, what would that business be? Like, What would you start? Oh, gosh. Um open my own dance school <laughs> it would be it would be something like that it would, it would be something very creative um and it is something that I've always tried to you know when I first started teaching I would always get involved in the drama and, and the dance side of things and organizing that kind of produ- production wise and that's something I really enjoy I really enjoy putting a, a, a something from start to finish mm. you know st- planning stage and you know coming up with the children for those best roles and seeing that kind of develop into a whole school production and and you know seeing the parents reaction to it that is you know that's the best part of being in school I think is we can say about lessons but the whole point of seeing children develop and, and explore that side and you know produce something amazing that you never thought would happen um that's something that you know if I had the chance to recreate that in a business I would have definitely yeah, opened up my kind of own drama school or dance school. So still kind of education line, but yeah. It's interesting well, because it's good. You know, th- that's why I love these conversations because I would not have like painted you as a dancer or somebody who was into the arts. So it's it's yeah. just great to have these kinds of like off the cuff conversations because you get to learn a lot of like what makes someone tick. All right, yeah. let's let's get whimsical for a minute. Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Really? Uh, I don't mind tea. I, I, I'm a lover of both, but if I had a choice, it would be coffee. I like my coffee every day. Um, How yeah, do you take so, it? Um, I'm a cafe latte or cappuccino drinker. So, wow. yeah. How many cups a day? Oh, no, only one. Just one. one I just need my one coffee, maximum two. Um, I can't drink caffeine after 6 p.m. Otherwise, I don't sleep. So it's usually just first you know, in the morning. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm definitely coffee over tea. But I like my Indian tea as well with all the spices in it, I admit. Exactly. What, what is that? Is that the chai? Chai, which has – I love cardamom. <laughs> so the green cardamom that you get, you crush yeah. that into a nice cup of tea with milk, uh, very fragrant, and I've just you know got a love for that flavor now. Yeah. So, yeah, second to coffee will be cardamom tea. Yeah, I got <laughs> turned on to that cardamom tea thing out here, cardamom chai out here yeah. in the Middle East. It's delish. I like I mean, it. Yeah. 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 Like favorite <laughs> meal. Like what? Like if if you were to like get the best <laughs> meal put in front of you, what would you want that to be? I absolutely love the Thai flavor. I could just, you know, if I knew how to, I would, I would probably want to cook, learn how to cook that myself. But I, I'm just too lazy. But I, I, I love that, you know, coconut milk, all of the, you know, Thai green curry flavor, a little bit of spice. But oh, I, I, I'm actually obviously, you know, from the Indian subcontinent, and we have obviously spice in our diet. But the flavors, I think, in Thai food are amazing. So for me, it's that would if I was going out to eat, I'd go for Thai. Yeah, I, I love a bit of Thai as well. What's your favorite place that you visited, like on a holiday? That's a good one. Um, I've just uh, come back from the Seychelles. That was just so relaxing. I just, you know, I, I, 
I'm not so much of a beach person. I can I like the beach side, but I also always like to explore, you know, new places and um, you know, kind of be more of a, a tourist, uh, you know, looking at the landmarks and that sort of thing. But it, for me, having the Seychelles was just for five days when you just want we haven't got much time. That was amazing. Um I have been to Canada. I love Canada. Um, you know, I, that was before the boys came along, but we had four or five different trips to Vancouver, the mountains. Uh, I really loved that side of the world. Um, and I think for me, more of the to trips to India is more of a family link. So in the holidays, I still have fond memories of going back uh, to India that I haven't taken my boys yet. So that's something that I, I want to do because we're actually closer to India than we're here. Uh, but I do want to show them like the Golden Temple, um, kind of the main landmark belonging to the Sikh faith. So that's something I definitely want to do with my boys very soon. Yeah. On on on, on that note, apart from taking your boys to India, where else is on your wish list, your travel wish list? Um, I haven't actually been to Italy and I've always wanted to go. So I would want to really visit Italy. I've seen... Uh, Lake Como, but you know, kind of people are saying that's a place to visit, and it just looks so picturesque. So, I definitely want to try a trip to Italy. My mom is actually trying to make that happen for me um, by organizing a, a cruise trip for the summer. Uh, so she said, you know, she's been on this Mediterranean cruise already with her friendship group, and she said, let's do that next summer. Uh, so hopefully that'll happen very soon. So yeah, Italy. <laughs> awesome. You mentioned you were married. Yes. What's what's one thing that your husband could do that would just literally make you feel loved and special? Oh, my gosh. Um, I think it's just spending quality time with each other. I think that's what it is. You, you kind of get lost in, you know, what you're doing day to day. Everyone's busy and it's making more time to make memories together. And I think that's, you know, we do have time when we go on holiday and all the time we go home. Because obviously they miss home and cousins are all there. Yeah. So making all of those times of exploring new places, like you say, together, um, I think that is what, you know, you know, sharing those new experiences with each other, going to visit a new place, that I think is, is and you see each other in different lights. I think that's what's what's really special. You get to know more and more about that person um, and, you know, that you might not have known before. You keep learning new things about your partner. <laughs> so you don't have, like, a special date night that you... You know, when when he says, let's do this, you're like, yeah, that's that's awesome. I don't want to do that. It must be a bit boring. No, I don't have anything specific like that. I like going out for a nice meal. Um, you know, that's my kind of quality time. Um, so that is something that, you know, I, I think for me, it's more about traveling together and just yeah. sort of places. So that's probably what I would say is is the better side of getting to know someone and, and in a different light in a different place. Awesome. All right, let's play marry or kill. <laughs> yeah, ready? Principals can play two people if you're listening to the pod or watching it. Ready? George Clooney, Brad Pitt, marry or kill. Marry or kill? I'm going to choose yeah. one. Yeah, I would. So how you'd play it is George Clooney, Brad Pitt. I'd marry George Clooney. I'd kill Brad Pitt. Oh, I don't want to kill any of them. It's hypothetical, Jasmine. Come on, work with me here. Um, <laughs> I'll go, uh, I'd probably go marry George Clooney and kill Brad Pitt. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, I <don't> that. <laughs> Come on, limber up. We're getting in there. Marry or kill? 
Idris yeah. Elba or Hugh Jackman? Oh, Mary Idris Elba killed Hugh Jackman. No <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> let's go since we're both from the uk and this one might get a little bit political mario this is the last one i promise don't sweat anymore <laughs> marry or kill boris johnson or david cameron oh kill them both uh, <laughs> i'd have to really choose i have to marry david cameron oh my goodness yeah it wouldn't, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be boris johnson we'll, we'll kill them all <laughs> Both, yeah. <laughs> no, that's 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 awesome. That's awesome. I mean, I love I love to do stuff like that because people are always like, I wouldn't want to marry any of them. I'm like, you yeah, have exactly. to marry one of them. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, in terms of Glendale, so let's turn a little bit on your school now, even though it's behind the principal's desk. What is one unique? It's a new school, and people don't know about it. And you're discovering it, and we're discovering it. What's one unique thing you've noticed about the school since you started there that you want everybody to know about? Yeah, um, it's it's just been an amazing journey. I think what, as I said to you before, the fact that I, I was so kind of passionate about the arts as a child, and this is something that I've been able to bring to the school. It's actually, you know, when you ha- when you start your school from scratch, you can really think about those things that you've missed or you think are so important and bring that to the table. And that is something I've been. I think is 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 so blessed that I've I've had the opportunity to bring. So, for me, it was about opening those opportunities for our primary students, where they have the opportunity to grow in all areas of the curriculum. Um, and it's not just saying that because you might have heard that before from other schools, but we're actually doing it properly. So, in terms of you know incorporating drama as a set part of the English curriculum, and we plan that in. That will be done. It's not just oh, we're going to be doing drama. So that's already planned into the curriculum. We have a dance studio specifically for dance where we have a link with a dance you know, studio that comes in and works with our children. We've got a link with our drama institute that's coming in to put on, put on a whole school production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that school is paying for and children don't have to pay for it. So it's things like that that I think are so important that children might not have the opportunity to do and now they can. Um, and something I want to mention is design technology. You know, that is actually a part of the Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2 curriculum, but you don't hear of many schools really promoting that in Dubai. Yeah. So, again, that was something that was really dear to me that, you know, we should have this opportunity for the children. We're a British curriculum school. We should be offering all the curriculum subjects that we would have in the UK. Um, and even in the UK, DT is pretty much probably not done as well as the other subjects. So there are those key kind of, you know, arts, the arts based subjects that I really wanted to bring to the forefront. And um, I think this this is what's exciting for me, for the school, is, is offering those opportunities. Yeah. Dubai is a busy market. Um, opening a new school has its fair you know, amount of, of challenges. What are some of the lessons you're learning from a new school startup in, in Dubai? I think for me... I've been lucky that I've I've got a great team. Um, an operations team is vitally important. So because of you know Glendale International being, you know, it, it hasn't got the the brand of of you know of for example gems. But what we do have is they have got a lot of uh, schools across the globe. So not so much in Dubai, but they have in Malaysia, in Singapore, in Japan, in Cambodia. They have a lot of a lot of experience in starting up new schools. Mm. They have sixty five campuses now and growing. 
So, you know, they they have a lot of experience on how to set up a new school, which that's what I've learned, that, that kind of the pitfalls of what could happen with, you know, what, what needs to be planned, make sure that every single, you know, part of the school operation side is in place on time. Of course, you know, there might be delays in Dubai and just having to deal with that. That's probably been the biggest, I think, learning curve for me. I'm quite organized and I'm, I make sure that, you know, everything that I can do in terms of staffing and in terms of curriculum and it's, all of that is in place. But, you know, other things of, you know, delivery of resources, even though you've got those things organized, that might take more time or, you know, there's been delay on shipments from abroad. And those little things that are making it, you know, a little bit harder to get right mm. is beyond your control. So I think that's something that I've learned, um, especially with the new school where there's, there's everything that you're starting from scratch. Whereas in an established school, you're not having to deal with so many new things having to be put in place. Yeah. So, yeah, and that, that's been really interesting. It's been a great journey because I've been part of the very start in terms of branding, the school logo, you know, the uniform, all of those things that you wouldn't have the chance to do if you're already in, in a school that's set up. So it's been an absolutely amazing journey for me to see that part of the process, um, which I haven't experienced in my you know 20 plus years of school experience. So I feel very blessed to be part of this journey of a new school. Um, but there are those things that, as you say, you don't expect that oh you know there's a delay on this oh but we need it now oh but you know how do you manage that how do you make sure that staff are still positive um and I do work very hard on that to make sure that I'm there for the staff uh I've always been like that um I do you know pride myself on on making sure the relationships in the school are really strong yeah but how do you take care of you uh, I do actually. I really do make sure that I make time for myself, and I, I I do that through you know doing exercise. I made sure kind of last year um, I was training for a half marathon, which I did, and I was very proud of myself. And I'm going to continue that kind of running journey because that is something that you know you do by yourself. It just clears your mind. It just makes you feel really good after you've had a run. Um, and it's something that I would recommend to anybody. I'm not a runner at all, you know, and I never used to like it at school. I used to hate cross country. Uh, but you know, now is a time where I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, and you, it's something that you can build on more and more. So it started with, oh, I'm going to try and do a five kilometer run. Let's see if I can try and build up to that, you know, puffing and puffing after two kilometers. And then slowly and slowly you're building up more and more until you're working towards a half marathon. Anyone can do it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. And it's just having those little milestones of, I want to achieve something and you're working towards something. And when you get there, that feeling is, actually, as, as the children say, you know, you get that success when you get something and you do something well that you maybe never thought you could do before. Yeah. No, I, I, I salute you. Half a marathon. I've never tried. <laughs> but yeah. Honestly, anyone can do it. It's nothing. I mean, everyone, and I, I remember having the same conversation with the person who inspired me in running. Um, and uh, he was the same saying. And I said to him, oh, my gosh, half marathon, no way. And he said, no, just try it little by little. It's someone who kind of inspires you. And that's important, isn't it? It's, you know, they have those people who kind of come into your life to inspire you to do something different. And I think that's uh, that's also important when you're, you're in leadership. Amazing. All right. We have the last few minutes of the, the podcast. So we're going to go quick fire. All right. Breather. Breather. We're going to get it down. Last, and these are just silly, you know, silly ones. Okay. First one. What's a silly fear that you have? Wasps. Can't stand them. I, I, yeah, I can never kill a wasp. I can kill any other creature, be it spider or anything else, but not a wasp. No. Oh my gosh. If you could have any mythical creature as a pet, 
which one would you choose? Um, a unicorn? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. No, that's a cool one. That's actually a cool one. If you could be on any game show, which game show would you want to be on? Which one would you pick? Um, I like, I really enjoyed it. It's only a UK one. You probably, because you'll know it, Catchphrase. I used to oh, love yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I like that yeah, as well, actually. Right. Yeah, I used to love that. Um, also, Family Fortunes would be a good one, I always think. You go with your family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you could be famous for one thing, what would it be? But I would love to be a singer. Oh, awesome. <laughs> All right, last one, last one, last one. What's the, what is the word or phrase? Um, you you just can't stand. Um, you know, I, it's not. I suppose it is. I suppose it, you hear it a lot uh, when you hear people say you need to empower that person. And I like the word empower, right? I, I really, I really like it. But to me, sometimes that's used in the wrong way by leaders, and it almost means like just pass the boat on and let them get on with it. Empower them, but they don't even know what to do. You know, it's not about just you know, leave, leaving them to to sink and, and and drown. I kind of feel we use that in the wrong way. I think leaders sometimes don't know what that word means. Um, you need to support people before you can get them, allow them to be empowered. And I think sometimes that's a bit of confusion. It is about, you know, making sure that we are there to support them um, and making sure that they have the skills to then feel empowered rather than say, oh, empower them, give them that role, go, you know. So I think that's something I, I, I that is a bit of a pet hate for me. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's a serious question. I don't like ending on serious questions. I got to ask you a bonus one because I ended on like a serious question. What yeah. movie or book made you laugh harder than you should have? Oh my God, that's such a difficult question to end on, Lisa. Um, it's hard. Oh, all right. funny, funny one. I can't think right now. That's a difficult one. Um, oh, I love Barbie, actually. The Barbie movie. That made me laugh. Really? Yeah. I haven't watched it. Yeah, Barbie. It's quite funny. It's really funny. It's, it's got some, you know, good kind of messages for young girls, but it was actually very, very funny. So that was probably the most the most recent one I've, I've watched that was quite funny. So, yeah, go and watch Barbie. Yeah, that's a good one to end on. See, Jasmine went and saw Barbie. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> exactly. I haven't gone. But I heard it's actually quite pro-women. And it, it my friends actually told me, oh, Lisa, go watch it. Because I was like, I'm not watching Barbie. Are you dumb? Like, I'm <laughs> No, it's surprisingly good. It's surprisingly good. I thought the same thing, but I actually went with my school admissions team to go and watch it. It was actually a really good laugh, really good, really good uh, kind of team. We all had our pink jackets and pink clothes on and went together after school. So oh. yeah, we did that all the time. It was, it was really worth it. And it, as you say, it is a good message for young girls. Um, and, you know, make sure it has got some good messages for, for women. So I recommend it. Really? Okay. All right. I take your recommendation. I'll watch it. I won't go to the theatre, uh, the cinema, sorry. And I won't wear pink. Imagine being pink. Like, what? That would, that would ruin my street cred, people. I wear black. That's it. Um, thank you for being a good sport, oh, Jasmine. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't as bad as I thought. So I thought it was going to be very scary. I'm, put a me at ease. I'm a good girl. Thank you so much. I look forward to the next one. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Teach Middle East podcast. Visit our website, teachmiddleeast.com, and follow us on social media. The links are in the show notes.